Hi, I'm Faz Ali. I'm 6-0, a uh, professional MMA fighter and the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Sign up to SoRare, the ultimate fantasy sports NFT platform. Scout, collect, and trade officially licensed digital player cards with other fans in our open marketplace. Create teams with cards from your collection and earn points based on your players' real-life performances to compete in a variety of fantasy sports competitions. So Rare is a game that you can play this season and the next and the next and the next. It's almost like a, a dynasty spin on fantasy. It's available in formats such as NBA, MLB, and also football. So what are you waiting for? Get involved. Get in the game. Get some cards have some fun you just sign up create an account and then you can start playing and if you want to go a little bit harder and purchase some limited rare or unique cards you can do that too but at a base level this is really just a free fun way to play with your mates and show who's really in the know when it comes to sports because process podcasters we know our thing but so rare is a chance to go up against us and see who really is the smartest in the room so hit the link in the show notes and we'll see you on So Rare. Own your game. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host, Justin Williams. And you know, friends, family, and everyone else in between, I'm never alone. I got the man, the myth, the legend with me, the one that knows everything about NFTs. And if you know, you know. But if you don't, go to prosportspodcasters.com, sign up for that newsletter, and Kobe will show you how to make money off of NFTs specifically so rare in sports ladies and gentlemen please welcome my friend mr colbert Durant. kobe how you not doing i'm doing all right buddy i'm doing all right i'm a little disappointed about another ufc event in canada so much so that our friday fight show this week is about ufc 300 and not 297 but well i mean sean strickland just Say la vie, but Sean Strickland just went off about the LGB2 plus community. And in Toronto, we're a heavy supporter of it. And I mean, Duplessis is gay. So, I mean, I'm not sure if that was like motivated that way or not, but. Is that real? Is that, is that a legit thing or is that just made up? That Duplessis is gay? Yeah. Oh, he posted on his Instagram and like has him being proposed to by his boyfriend. So, I think. I'm convinced. I don't know. Tell you what, when you're, I meet him, you're pretty easy to convince, man. I I'm really easy to convince. Most UK fighters tend to trick me pretty easily, like Joffy. Shout out to him. Anyways, moving forward, we have a gentleman here today, Kobe. He's a, a new member of the show, but he's from across the pond. We've had a lot of across the pond fighters on this show, so you know what? Let's give him a, a nice warm welcome. This man is on a six fight pro win streak. He's allergic to all things happy in this world, being cats and dogs. Ladies and gentlemen, he's undefeated in the cage, unless it comes to petting animals. Please welcome Mr. Faze Ali. Faze, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you? How are you guys? 
living the dream. You sound a little nasally there. Are you petting a cat recently or a dog? Or... <laughs> no, no, no. Stay well away. Ah, stay good, good, good. So I like to, like, as we start with everybody who's new on the show, kind of give out a backstory. So just for context, this is your show. We're the platform. Tell us how you got to being where you are. Uh, so my martial arts journey or just in general? Um, preferably your MMA, but if martial arts kind of crosses over to that, sure. So, yeah, I started out at a gym in Manchester. Well, before that, I did a little bit of boxing and all um, Jeet Kune Do. It's what, like, Bruce Lee did. And uh, at the time, MMA wasn't really that that big. So I did that for, like, six months. Then I did a bit of boxing for about a year at Champs Camp with Morris Core. And then I decided to give MMA a try. So I started out at a gym uh, called Tuplis. Um, in Manchester at the old um, Manchester Ground and Pound building um, with a um, Polish instructor called Arthur Breck. He was uh, predominantly a wrestling background. I was there for like, say about three, four months and going once a week. I didn't really take it seriously, to be honest. I was at like college going into um, university, so I didn't really take training that serious at the time. And then I left, I left there, found my foot, at a gym in Manchester, I was there for about five, six years. Didn't, you know, kind of did had a couple of fights there. Um, left there, and I'm at my current gym now in Liverpool. That I've been there for a while now, about a good five years. I've had majority of my, well, my whole pro career has been there, and uh, all my jiu-jitsu competitions and my K1 fight that I had, I've had all had under the Aspire Combat Sports Academy banner, yeah, which is based in Liverpool, England. Dang. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So have you ever thought about switching to a different gym before or is this just kind of always where you feel like at home and it's going to be? Uh, well, I, did. I switched over from uh, my gym in Manchester to where I'm currently at now, but I've been here for five years. Um, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I've got everything I want. Uh, I've got everything I need there. I've got um, coaches that are quite hands on. They give you feedback whenever you want it kind of thing as well. But it's all it all depends on the person, doesn't it? You've got to want it. You've got to make sure that you're in as well. It's a two-way sort of thing, isn't it? So uh, for me, I'm happy where I am. I've got guys that are good, good everywhere, good coaching staff. I go all, I go to different places sometimes for different things. Like I'll train at uh, the Forge in Warrington sometimes with my mate Matt Bonner, who was previous um, Cage Warriors middleweight champ. I'll do my wrestling elsewhere now and then as well. You know, so little bits and pieces of training with, currently training with Frankie Hudders uh, in Withenshaw as well, doing a bit of Thai boxing there. So the gym I'm at, I like the setup. I like the coaches. They're not possessive coaches where they're going to start trash talking you because you're doing things elsewhere, if that makes sense. Mm. To me, it fits in well because um, I think you can learn from different people, can't you? One man can't show you everything, can he? Not at all. Not at all. Just looking at your uh, your record right now, sitting six and zero, you have a split decision, rear naked chokes, uh, KO. So you're a fan of submissions, according to your professionals. Is that something you work on constantly? Uh, yeah, I'm a purple belt in uh, in jiu-jitsu. I like there's no lie. I like um, my my style is obviously taking people down, staying heavy on top, and then uh, looking for the finish. Um, that's predominantly um, my sort of style. I developed that training with a guy called um, Ali Arish. I trained with him for about a good three, four years. Um, for those who don't know, Ali Arish, he uh, trained like uh, Rampage Jackson and Congo and stuff like that. He got flown into like um, 
help uh, Rampage. I think it was when Rampage was fighting in the UFC as well. So um, I've trained with that sort of calibre of uh, person, to be honest, in the UK. So I'm very thankful for the stuff Ali did for me in the past and helped me develop my style, you know, when I started out. I'm very glad he did as well. I mean, he's definitely helped you out with your six-fight win streak in that regard. And uh, hopefully we'll see you up in uh, Cage Warriors sometimes or I guess the new Bellator PFL mix or, or UFC. That you keep going the way you're going. If, uh, seriously, Wanderers, Wigan, United or City? Uh, United. I live about five minutes away from the stadium. Old Trafford. The Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll continue on, I guess. <laughs> now, was it your goal? When you got into Jeet Kune Do and did some boxing, was it your goal to eventually transfer to MMA? Uh, not really, no. Um, to be honest with you, I kind of just fell into it. Like, I've always been a competitive guy. Like, even when I was, like, you know, kids and stuff, and, like, we were always, like, chilling out with my mates and stuff like that. I'd always, like, like to be competitive, if you know what I mean. Like, I remember playing, like, um, football in the park with my mates and all that. I did always go up to people, I'd want a match with us, and mates be like, what are you doing, man? We just want to play amongst ourselves. So I've always had that kind of like um, competitive sort of mindset, if that makes sense. But yeah, no, it's something I've fallen into and it's something that um, I can't give up now. I'm like, I've dedicated a lot of time into it, a lot of effort as well. I work a full-time job and I run uh, two businesses on the side um, as well. So for me, um, MMA is like a big part of my life as well. So... Yeah, it's, it's hard fitting everything in, but you've got to make time on you for the stuff that you love. Now, as as a fighter who's obviously on the rise, does it does it excite you? Are you happy about the fact that you now have two large organizations? You have the UFC and you also have the combination of PFL Bellator. Yeah, yeah, no, that's um, that definitely uh, sounds uh, it sounds quite good. To be honest with you, I got offered to fight on Bellator for my um, third professional fight. On one of the cards but at the time i didn't really want to rush anything if that makes sense i've seen a lot of fighters take stupid fights and like just take fights for the sake of money if that makes sense you know because yeah. let's be honest fighters generally they either live at the with the parents at the parents house which is nothing wrong with that or they work a part-time job to you know like fund their training and stuff like that but with myself i work a full-time job and i've got a couple of businesses and i've got my hands in a couple of pies so for me, I'm going to do what's right for me, if that makes sense. I'm not going to have someone tell me what to do. If I if I want to do something and I feel it's the right time, it's on me. So no one can turn around and say, oh, you did this wrong. It's all on me, if that makes sense. What would you consider your MMA goal to be? Uh, I want to, I would like, well, I would like to be, I think I am up there with a few of the other guys. Shout out to Hader Khan, uh, Shweb Yusuf as well. You should get them on the podcast. I want to be one of the best Pakistani fighters in the world. And I think, to be honest with you, I think I'm definitely in that category. And, you know, for me, I'd like to kind of pave the way for, like, the next generation of fighters as well when my time's up, you know. There's not that many people uh, of Pakistani uh, heritage that are actually sport as well. I've noticed a lot of people will start and they won't really uh, carry on with it and pursue it. Now, do you follow the MAC in Pakistan at all? Uh, I do follow it, yeah. Not not heavily, heavily, but um, there's kind of been a bit of, not, I wouldn't say tension, but there's not really, um, I'll give you an example, for example. I'll get your thoughts on this. So, guys 
Pakistani guys who sign with One FC, for example, yeah, are directly signed from Pakistan. Yeah. Okay. There's not been any Pakistanis in the UK that they've given a chance to to sign with One FC. And I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying that the guys uh, Pakistani predominantly based in the UK are levels of the guys in Pakistan, in my opinion. And I feel like we're not really getting that sort of chance. But now, I think the guys that you've got in the UK, like myself, Hader Khan, who's 6-1, and one, Shweb Yusuf, who's fighting on Octagon uh, end of January, I think he's a fight or two off from getting signed to the UFC as well. I think us sort of guys kind of deserve that sort of chance, you know, I know especially like my mate Hader as well. The guy works part-time and he's like constantly training. He's always on the road. You know, it's not easy. And I think some of the guys that they're signed to one, for example, one championship, no disrespect to one or anyone else, you know, not name-calling or anything. The guys who don't really take training seriously, some of them. And I feel like they're getting opportunities above guys like myself, Hader and uh, Shweb as well. Now, do you think that's because of representation? Uh, I think so, yeah. I do. I think, um, I don't know who the matchmaker is or who does that, or the scouting for one, but I don't think they're doing a good job in terms of representing, getting the right sort of talent for Pakistan. They, don't get me wrong, they've got one or two decent guys, but I don't think they're all that in terms of skill set. Now, my, my understanding of martial arts in Pakistan is that it sort of began with, with karate, but I think, is, is Muay Thai the popular form there now? I think it is, yeah. I think you've hit that uh, bang, uh, bang on, really. I think they're slowly moving. Yeah, you're right. It was more karate sort of based kung fu. And then it's slowly transitioning into like Muay Thai, like you said. But there's no actual like high level coaches there, if you know what I mean. Like if you look mm -hmm. in the UK, you've got like a great list of like, um, you know, guys. You've seen it yourself, guys coming in from the UK now into the UFC. The UK is making quite a bit of noise now. You guys are bringing UFC to London and everything like that. And You've got guys, you know, obviously in America, world-class coaches as well. I don't think Pakistan has really got that yet. Is there anyone past or current that you take inspiration from? Uh, in terms of coaching or in ter terms of like... In terms of fighter. Fighters, to be honest with you, there was a lot of guys when I was coming up, like um, like your Dean Garnett. You know, I didn't train with Dean at the time. He's my coach now, but I used to watch him back in the day. People like Ali Arish, Jack Mason, uh, Matt Inman, all these guys on like, Age Warrior Circuit, Rob Sinclair, mm -hmm. loads of Avi Jack, Gaz Pyle, loads of there's loads. I think back then the Cage Warriors circuit was stacked. It was absolutely stacked. It was like you could have like five, six guys and you just didn't know who'd win. I think now it's still good because you're getting guys fighting at a younger age. But I think back then it was like you had a big pool of fighters, if you know what I mean. But now I think MMA has become a bit more accessible, if that makes sense, compared to like what it was like, you know, yeah. five, ten years ago. No, understandable, man. Understandable. Yeah, Cage Warriors was big for a while. It was really big. Even over here, you'd hear about the Cage Warriors events. Yeah, so. but not even just necessarily Cage Warriors now. You've got other organizations, like you mentioned, PFL. You've got UAE Warriors. You've got Brave. You've got a lot of these uh, other shows. Like, people think, yeah, Cage Warriors is the, you know, it is a way to get into the UFC, but it's not mm -hmm. the be-all end-all to get in, if you know what I mean. I know guys who have got in through like Brave, you know, people who have got in through like other organisations. I know guys that have been signed, like, you know, fighting domestically as well. Yeah. I think it all kind of depends on like your management, you know, like the weight category you're in and, you know, right place, kind of right time thing as well. Have you only fought at one weight? No, I used to fight out. I did, well, when I started my pro career, I did a couple of catch weights. 
and I predominantly did a couple at welter, but now I'm slowly moving down to uh, lightweight, 70, 70 kilos. Ah, is that is that a difficult cut for you or no? Uh, well, to be honest, my next one's a catchweight at 75, but before I get assigned to a big show, I wanted to at least do one or two fights at lightweight as well, you know, just to feel how my body feels and stuff like that. Because I think for welterweight, I think they're quite tall. They cut, they cut from a crazy amount mm-hmm. as well. So I think my frame and my build is kind of like a lightweight. But um, before I do jump ship to like a big show or think of what I'm going to do next kind of thing, um, I definitely want to have one or two out of lightweight just to see how it feels. But, but the question from me to you is, do you think there needs to be more weight categories Yes. Uh, for these bigger shows? So much yes. Yeah, because if you look at it, you got 77, right? Then you've got 70. It'd be absolutely perfect if they had a 74, you know, like a light welterweight. Yeah. You know, I think, but I don't think any other organization, well, I think, I think one does it and I think a few others do do it, but I don't think it's going to be an official weight class unless the, unless the UFC are doing it, aren't they? Pretty, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. I, I mean, realistically, I think the best case scenario is you do weight, weight classes and 10 pound intervals. Yeah, that's yeah. just what you just reorganize it, but no one wants to do that because you can't compare currents to past greats, which is the problem. But I don't, yeah. I don't see it as one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hey, no, I agree. There should be more weight classes, and if somebody has an issue with it being like, "Ooh, you can't compare," you throw an asterisk beside it, and anybody with two brain cells that knows how to read will be like, "What does that asterisk mean?" And you go check yeah. it out, and you're like, "Oh, they didn't have that many weight classes back in the day." Awesome. That's like yeah. saying, "Yeah, I don't know." But like, even still, every time there's a new UFC or, or champion per se, it's like, oh, the best in the world. It's like you throw that title around so often, it kind of means <laughs> nothing now. Yeah. So it's like, how many best in the worlds can you have before it's like, ah. it's, it's, it's crazy as well, you know, the amount of fighters caught in weight as well, fight week as well. I've seen some guys now caught absolutely crazy amounts in like 24 hours. Yeah. It's bad what they do just to make weight. So it's funny you mention this, actually. We had a MMA coach on here, and I like to fluctuate with my weight. So right now, I'm the heaviest I've been in a while. I'm 200 pounds. Uh, that's because I was bulking for a little bit, like trying to get muscle right now. But um, back, I think, when I was 25, I started off at 240, and I cut down to 165 in a month just by doing 1,000-calorie cardio, eating less than 1,000 calories, and lifting every day for 30 days. The coach went that's terrible never do that again yeah but just to prove to you that people can can like cut stupid amounts i kind of echo your point there like khabib walks around at 200 pounds but he'd cut to 155 uh, yeah yeah so yeah you're right you see him after fights he's like two weeks later he's absolutely ballooned back up on he as well oh it's like uh patty pimblet yeah yeah chris griffin yeah but um so how do you cut weight like what's your like what's your regimen your strategy your be honest with you, I only tend to do around three and a half kilos. You know, fight week. I don't. Oh, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't tend. To, I don't tend to do more than that. Okay. Now, is that because you just naturally keep yourself that in that shape, or is... well, well, now I have. Before I'd balloon back up. So when I was doing welterweight, I'd balloon back up to like a hundred kilos. But um, mm. now, because I'm fighting at a lower weight, and I eventually want to get to lightweight, the I want my, my body to kind of be around 80, 81 key. So then if I have like an eight, nine week camp. It won't be. It won't be too much. But to be honest with you, I was actually speaking to my manager um, about this a couple of months ago, and he said to me, "He goes, look, once you've had a couple of fights and stuff, and you've you start to get a bit more known, he goes, you've got to be ready all the time. He goes, you don't know when that call's going to happen. You could get a last minute pull out on a big show. He goes, you got to make sure your weight's ready. 
you know, and he's made a valid point because say you get the call up now and you're, well, you've got like nine, 10 kilos to do and you're not going to do it. You don't know if that call is going to come again. Exactly. You got to be kind of ready. And we had a, a friend of ours from the show who used to fight in Budo. And then he got a shot in Bellator. It was like a last second call up. So it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You have fought in Budo a couple times, right? Yeah. Yeah. I used to be managed. Uh, well, one of the promoters there, Chris Clark, shout out to fight agency as well. Uh, he's doing a good job. I don't think he's at, he's, put, he's putting a show on, I think, in May as well. Uh, Budo. It's been around for a very, very long time, that show. It's like one of the most um, longest UK shows. I think Leon Edwards fought on there as well. Oh, uh, did in, he? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's been around a while as Budo. Uh, Leon can probably buy it for how much he makes now. but Yeah, um... crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about fighting a, not like in another European uh, country? For instance, like France, like I hear uh, Ryzen FC, not Ryzen, sorry, Aries FC is doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I've been I've been getting these offers. I've been getting offers for like Aries, UA Warriors, and all that. But for me, it's just about getting more experience. Like I've got my eye on, my, I've got my eye on something what I want, but I know I need to work hard for it. You know, I don't want to sell my, so I don't want to sell myself short and go to like no disrespect to Aries or these other sort of organisations. Once you're there and you're on like a four fight deal or even a one fight deal or whatever, it's hard to kind of get out of that if that makes sense. Mm. Like, so like, like, if I'm going to go somewhere, I want to know where I'm going to go in the end. And if I don't get there, then that's on me. But I think for me, I probably want um, two more domestic fights, try and get two decent, you know, tough opponents as well. I'm fighting on the 2nd of March against Emmanuel from Switzerland. He's five and three. He's got a good, a good record, good pedigree. Hopefully get get him out of the way, deal with him, and then see you know see what my options are after that kind of thing. I probably think I need another fight, and then hopefully um, see what my manager says after that. Let him uh, let him kind of lead the way. Okay, all right. Now, what is your ideal best case scenario for your career in five years? In five years, I would have liked to have had at least a couple of fights in like a big organization. Which organization? I don't know, but I'd like to be like one of the first Pakistanis to kind of do it, you know, to get on that sort of show and get a win or whatever, just compete on their kind of thing. That's for me, that's, that's the end goal, you know, to get on one of these large organizations, make my, you know, stamp my name in there, you know, put my name in the mix, you know, before my career's done. I wish you nothing but the best. Yeah. Faz, you have family that live with you there? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got family. Yeah. I've got my own house. I've got my mum and everyone here. Not too far from me as well, um, about a minute drive. What What do they think about you pursuing MMA? Uh, to be honest with you, my my mum and dad didn't really like it at first. They were like, "What the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, are you, are you feeling all right?" Kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't know if you really know. Like, it's kind of stereotypical, but like, Asian parents. Uh, well, my parents, to be fair, they've done a lot for me. Um, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you saying I come from a rough family. I don't come from a working class family. You know, I went to a decent school. I got, you know, mediocre sort of all right grades. Then I went to uni, I got my degree and everything. I'm working in my field now, which is IT. And they were like, oh, you know, um, they, that's what the Asian culture is. They want you to just get a degree, work a job, and then that's it, innit? You know, oh, I want my son to become a doctor, I want my son to become this. Well, I think the mentality is slowly changing now. I think, like, people like myself and my friends, and you know, I think the mentality is a little bit more different. The, the, this generation's like a lot more focused on like what the kids want and not kind of like oh just education 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 because you might have like a talented kid who's very 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 like um, 
you know, athletic, sorry, like very capable in sports and could do big things, you know. And I think that generation of our, you've just got to study, is changing now, mm-hmm. you know. Like when I started out, I told them I'm doing it, they were like, they didn't believe me and then they saw that I was serious. I had my first amateur fight and like, now they're kind of like, used, they're kind of used to it now, if that makes sense. They kind okay. of just let me alone. They know that I'm not there to mess around, if that makes sense. Have they been to any of your fights? No, I won't have come. <laughs> my, bro- my, bro- my brother and my mate, everyone come and some of my cousins, but I don't I don't let them come, no. I, don't, I, I just feel like it's added pressure. <laughs> okay, so you, you have this fight come up against Emmanuel. Who who gets final say on who you fight? Is it you? Uh, it's my Well, me and my manager now, shout out to LCA Sports. I'll get the name and I'll send it him and I'll say, what do you think? And then I'll send it to my coaches and stuff like that and I'll get their honest view and then we'll take it from there. So how often are you turning down fights, say? To be honest with you, I don't really turn down fights. Sometimes you've got to be careful with promoters, though, as well, because what they'll do is they'll say, oh, I've got this title fight for you. It's five fives. Uh, and then you're like, yeah, no problem. And then they'll send you a name. And you'll be like, okay, I'll take the fight. What are you paying? And then they'll want to pay you absolute peanuts for doing five fives, which doesn't make any sense, yeah. but if that makes sense. So for me, I, I've got no issue taking fights, but... I'd rather take good fights when I'm on the good shows, if that makes sense. Like now, I'm at the probably the back end of doing my work now in terms of like domestic fights. I want two tough level fights. Like when I mean tough fights, I want like good level guys, similar records kind of thing, if that makes sense. So look, you pick up, if you win both, great. If you pick up a loss along the way, at least you know what you need to improve on before you go on to a big show. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like doing two or three fights and then jumping onto a big show and get your ass handed to you, you rather learn from your mistakes as you go. buddy. 100%. Speaking of learning from mistakes, I mean, listen, mate, I dislocated my shoulder my last year of karate when I was going for my black belt and I still went for it. And uh, it's a mistake that I made, but I still love it because I got my belt, but it hurts every time it rains. It's it's a weird situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But no, I kind of, I kind of get the whole like telling your parents thing. Like I came from a a mediocre family as well and not Asian, but uh, they were like, Hey, you have to get a degree and then kind of go out. And then I became a comedian. And they're like, like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah." they've never been to my shows for the same thing. But like, I brought my cousins and friends and they're like, oh, like I'm on Sirius XM now. And they're like, oh, you're good at this shit. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh (laughs) So, but anyways, mate, if you could give yourself like your, your past self, any advice or any newcomer to the sport, any advice, what would you give them? Uh, Find a coach who gives a shit about you and, you can't go wrong. Find someone who's invested in you and who's going to be straight with you to your face. Not And don't be blinded by fake loyalty because remember, loyalty is a two-way thing. You've got to have a coach and you've got to have a team that want you to do better than you, than yourself. Do you know what I mean? Because look, yeah. at the end of the day, MMA is, uh, when you go in there, you're by yourself. Yeah, it's as simple as that. But you want to feel that you're part of something where the team's got your back, the coaches have got your back and you know that you can turn to them people. Do you know what I mean? And then, not even just that, you want to be able to be in an environment, look, when I stop fighting, you know, I can give back to the guys that are coming through as well. Like, I'm not just going to stop training, I'm going to be in helping the next set of guys, and then hopefully it's like a revolving cycle, isn't it? You, well, exactly. I mean, you're going to be the uh, the catalyst in the forefront for what you want it to be, whether it be your heritage, whether it be, yeah, yeah. yeah well, you can be like, oh, I made it out of this particular community. Yeah, yeah. You know it's like I mean? now, for example, I coach kids. Uh, I run a wrestling. I run a wrestling uh, ac- uh, academy, 
and I coach on the Tuesdays. We've got someone else running the Thursdays, and my my mate and uh, friend coaches on the Sunday. Shout out to Ed. And I t- I always tell the kids, I go look, I go, I will give you all the time in the world, anything you want, anything out of class, I will do anything for you, but you have to give me a hundred percent, and you have to be mm. honest. You know, yeah, yeah, like it's a two-way thing. I've got a good relationship with the parents as well. Do you know what I mean? But I turn up every single week and I give it a hundred percent. And if I don't feel like one of them improving, I'll tell them to their face. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. But I always give, I always make sure when I'm there that I'm doing a good job and I'm giving myself a hundred percent. I'm always studying as well. You get some coaches as well that'll just be happy with what they know. But with me, I watch a lot of footage, I study, I do a lot of privates as well with different people. I like to keep my knowledge fresh, if that makes sense. That's I think it. Yeah. You have to have you have to have a coach that is a hundred percent invested, hundred and ten percent invested in what he's doing. If you haven't, then you're just wasting your time. Honestly, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell someone to do something unless I wasn't going to. Unless I wasn't going to do. Mm. Kobe, you okay? What's hello, up? hello, hello, yo, what's up? Uh, what is up? Oh wait, is this? Oh, is this another podcast? I don't know. Is this the one? Um, is this the podcast uh, this morning for, for me? Oh, is is this uh, Mark? Hello? I think he's jumped off. Sorry, is that Mark Hunt? Yeah. Oh, hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, yeah. thanks. Just... Good, good. Sorry, you're you're a tad early. I'm yeah, sure. I like to be early. Ah, I'm doing another interview right now. <laughs> oh, shit. I just jumped in. Sorry. Sorry, Faye. Right. Say hi to Mark Hunt for the UFC veteran. Mark, how you doing, mate? Hey, mate. Sorry, I'll just jump out. I never just said, I don't know why I jumped in here. Crazy. All right. All right. See you, No worries. <laughs> so, yeah, we have Mark. But we could have asked Mark for advice. Mark, how'd you get there? <laughs> That was the perfect time. <laughs> that was the fucking best. Uh, so anyways, face as you can see, Pro Sports Podcasters is legit. We have Mark Hunt um, and you. So anyways, brother, unfortunately, we're going to have to obviously wrap this. Um, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience. Where no sport is left behind.